Hello out there and welcome to our weekly Ask the CEO Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. It is awesome that you have found the way back to the show. And if it's the first time, then hit the subscribe button right away so you never miss new episodes. Today's topic of our Q&A session is the Nomad Organization, working without boundaries. As we have entered a post-pandemic period and restrictions are lifted here and there, we can notice a dramatic shift in the way thoughts work how it is done, and probably more important, from where it is done. How individuals are reacting to the change and what are organizations doing to staying attractive as an employer? What can be done about the dramatic shortage of talents? See you right away on the other side, discovering how a nomad-style organization and mindset can help you to scale with your business at any time. Hello Manuel, um, welcome to a new Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. Happy to have you here again. Uh, we had a break two weeks because uh, of um, personal issues from both of both sides uh, and now we're getting back to our Q&A session, so I'm happy uh, that we get there. Um, our topic today is um, the Nomad organization and um, I picked this topic because as restrictions um, after the pandemic are being lifted more and more, um yeah we're getting back to work to the office and um everything but the way that we work has changed uh dramatically many of us have has to discovered has to have discovered that uh spending more time with family and having more flexibility flexibility overall to arrange your work um around your life isn't that bad at all so um i would like to talk a little, little bit today about um, how that um, went for us here at uh, FlashUp, um, how, you, um, how you learned over the last couple of years um, to arrange your work in a, in a different way. And uh, let me just uh, start with my first question. Um, since you changed or left office in 2019, more or less as a um, CEO of two companies, um, tell us a little bit how that changed in the first couple of months, maybe the first two months when you left actually the office um, for good. What what changed and how how did you perceive it by yourself? Yeah, that is a two-sided sword, I would say, because it's how I perceived it and how employees and the team perceived it. And as we were already a, like a virtual organization, more people were not in the office than people that were in the office. Yeah, it were actually three parties that were impacted by this. So for myself, it was always my vision to work like this because I think technology is there to use it. And what technology does is empower us in, to work Yeah, whenever we want, wherever we want and collaborate with people globally. Our employees, of course, they were all used to have their routine. They drive to the office, then they have their eight hours there meeting colleagues at the water cooler, etc. Then go home and work is done. So they felt, I would say, uncertainty. They had a little bit of fear, I would say, because they needed to change their routines, their habits, and that's not easy for anyone. So, um, yeah, they, they were 
critical, skeptical if this would work, etc. Now, those people like you that already work with us since years remotely, I think for you it had a good impact because we removed the barrier between we as the local team and they as the virtual team. Now it's just we because everyone is working remotely. And um, now as we we do that since two years, two and a half years even, I would say it's not 100% just positive, but it has more positive sides than negative ones. The positive side is that, as you already said, we are much more flexible, more free to decide when we work, when where we work, etc. I see that people in our team, they start traveling and still work. So it's not, okay, I need to take like two weeks off and then I can go on vacation, but I can go to a nice environment and work from there. For me, it's important because I can be closer to my family. That's um, that's a main, main advantage. I don't have this, like in the morning at eight o'clock, I leave the house and then I come back at seven, at five or six, sometimes seven, just bring my son to bed and that's it. But right now I'm at home, like every day we can have a dinner and um, breakfast and yeah, all meals together. That's a good advantage. And I can help them out. They can help me out. So it's, it's, it's cool. And um, for those that are employees and are not in the office anymore, they also see the benefit. But now as we didn't see each other for one and a half years, we also miss personal contact. And I I also miss that. That's why I'm happy when we have a team event again, like meet some people um, wherever we want. It doesn't have to be in the office, but somewhere where we are close together at one place. And it's not about work then. It's more about personal relationships. I'm looking really forward to have that. Last time you saw an office from the inside. And <laughs> do, you, do you miss anything? <laughs> no, absolutely not. To be honest, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> okay, good. Um, You, you mentioned your, your family. Um, how does your family uh, uh, perceive this changed? Um, all of a sudden, you didn't bring work at home. Uh, you brought the whole organization home. <laughs> Good comparison. Yeah, absolutely. But they, they love it as it is because they just see the benefits. Um, they, I have here a small room. That's my office. And when the door is closed, nobody comes in. So they respect that. And when they need me, They just write me a message on WhatsApp. And yeah. the good thing is, well, they have access to my calendar and they just book an appointment with me because they know that everything is driven by my calendar. And when they book an appointment, I'm there, right? And whenever they need me for whatever they want me for, I'm there. And that has a big advantage. And by the way, that's the same for my team because everyone that has a link to my calendar can book me my time whenever they want me. And that gives them direct access to me. And it's absolutely predictable Because, yeah, it's focus time. Nobody can interrupt me. And that's the same for the family time. So they really appreciate that. Gotcha. What challenges uh, did you confront when you decide to leave the office behind? And how did you overcome those? That the team was so afraid, at least those that were local employees, that they had more fears than they saw opportunities, that they felt like, I, I will go away or something like this, right? Which wasn't the case, absolutely. But um, yeah, it just was a change. And my biggest concern was is that for them, it's too hard and they feel too uncomfortable and then maybe their fears get too big and some people left, right? Because they said, I want to be in the cubicle land and want to have an office um, and then 
this these hierarchical work structures where somebody else tells me what to do. So yeah, it's not made for everyone, but for me and those people that are currently working with us, I would say it can't be better. If you could go back in time, which is not possible, at least uh, right now, what would you have done differently uh, shifting from those locally uh, operating company to a fully virtual uh, organization? Um, you just mentioned something, but maybe we can dive a little bit de deeper. Oh, that's a tough question. It's tough because I had so many changes at the same time going on, right? We we started this one transformation with, okay, we start hiring freelancers, work with people remotely. That was the one thing. Then we made salaries transparent. We turned the organization around from a hierarchical organization into like um, a self-managing team organization. Um And there were a lot of problems because everything was changed and um, everything was new. So I cannot say this was related to we are now a remote company and this is related to because we have open salaries and the other thing is related to we have freelancers. But um, preparing people better and training them better, I think that is that is what I would do better next time. Really, um, Yeah, basically plan the organizational structure in advance and then train people for their new roles and how they interact with each other in a structured way with asynchronous communication. That was all new to them. They just had to do it. Um, but now with the knowledge I have and with the experience I have, I would plan that first, set it up first, and then onboard people with a good training so they get used to it faster and have a mentor that um, helps a person to get, get along with this, this new way of working. How did you feel when the pandemic hit last year and our way of operating became the new normal? Uh, while before <laughs> you had to explain uh, like extensively the benefits of working virtually and everyone was telling you this is not possible or this is like really difficult and we can't do it. And then all of a sudden this came the new normal. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I felt like, haha, I told you so. <laughs> At least after after they worked like three months remotely and everyone came up with stories, wow, it works for us and remote work is so awesome. And while before that, they all told me reasons and stories why it's not possible to lead an organization remotely. And of course, it opens the door now for, for Flash Hub and for Bright Solutions because remote work is much more accepted. Right, so it's a relief. It's it's good. It's uh, it it feels natural. It feels like okay. It's not like this crazy guy having a remote organization across the globe with so many freelancers. Now people say, oh yeah, that makes sense. While before that, they said you are stupid, you are crazy. So now, yeah, it's easier. It's it's really easier to to um, have conversations around that model. Yeah, well, I feel the same completely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How did um? So how how is the has the shift uh, to like a nomadic uh, virtual organization helped us to become more agile, fluid, and and resilient um, confronting a pandemic, for example? Sorry, I don't get the question. What has the agili like, agility like how, with a pandemic yeah. to do? Like like how has the shift um, to to this virtual organization helped yes. us to become more agile, more fl uh, fluid, okay. and more resilient uh, in 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 front, like say for, for a pandemic or whatever? Oh, okay, I mean for us it was no change at all, right? Because we already had completely our office was completely in the cloud. 
We had all tools in the cloud, no local infrastructure anymore. Uh, we were used to work digitally. We were used to work asynchronously. We were used to work with people in other time zones, etc. So for us, it didn't change when the t- uh, pandemic hit, just that some clients were like in panic, etc. And there was a lot of uncertainty. That was the only thing that changed and how that helped us to be more agile is the flexibility you get is incredible because you can have access to really good talent really fast. I mean, with fast, I mean like two weeks or so. And for our team, it's still so long. Oh, we need to wait two weeks until we have these experts. And I tell them, guys, look back like four years ago when we were waiting like three to six months until we find a new team member. Now we have them in two weeks. Um, and that, of course, that that gives so much flexibility to the organization to have access to the right skills at the right time. I never want to miss that. And I think that is the big opportunity for organizations that accept and adopt the remote work style because they open the door for them to access global talent instead of limiting themselves around the office. Yeah. Small changes in a in a system can cause uh, dramatic consequences, like this appearance of a very small altered virus. Um, <laughs> why should not only employees and coworkers have a more nomadic uh, mindset, but also the organization itself um, and lift the um, most mostly self limiting mindset? Yeah, I think the organization itself has no has no belief or has no no behavior or habit it's the management right it's it's the management it's the it's a leadership team it's a leadership team that drives the culture and defines the culture and it's a leadership team that where everyone needs to become a role model for everyone working in the organization and if the leadership team is always afraid of losing control and doesn't really want to accept remote work as the new normal the entire team will be like this just today i had a coaching with um, a mastermind group of other entrepreneurs And we talked about that how the leader shows up is how the team feels. If the leader shows up and is like sad and frustrated and full of fear and of doubts or of anger or whatever, this will jump over to the team. They also will feel like, oh, something's not okay. So they will immediately feel like the same fear times 10, the same doubt like times 10, etc. So it's really important how the leaders show up. And that is the same for the open mindset of working remotely, appreciating flexibility, appreciating um, agile working teams and self-managing teams, appreciating ideas that people come up with and also accepting that when people start with their own ideas, trying something that failure is part of the journey because without failing, you won't improve anything. But that is a very, very big challenge, I would say, for most managers to be okay with things that fail. And I include myself. I'm not so easy with, oh, things fail, ha, happy, another failure, things didn't work. I'm also not so good at that, but I learned it's part of the of the whole journey. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about the, the cost side of the operations? Does a fully virtual operating organization has the same uh, cost structure Do you save money? What costs maybe have decreased and others have maybe increased? Hmm. So our cost structure is um, much more lean. It really decreased the costs because we don't have to pay for an office anymore. And all the overhead costs related to an office 
We can hire like global talent, um, which is not cheaper, but more flexible. That means I don't need to hire people full time just if I need like a backend developer for a two month project and maybe not even full time. But we can have these people with the capacity we need them. Um, and it's okay for them because they also maybe want to work for another organization and they have other jobs. So when our project stops and we had a good relationship, it's okay if they leave to another company and they can come back when we need them and they are free. Like if you have employees and you stop working, they are gone. They can't work with you anymore, even if they want. But the contract in another corporation forbids that. So yeah, I would say that's that's a big benefit and the cost structure. So the cost structure, I would say, is not just, we didn't just reduce our costs, but we got also more flexibility in costs. Like if we have, a lot of work and we win new contracts, especially in a project-based organization, we can scale up our teams to get the projects done. And when the projects are done, we can scale down our teams because if there is no paid work anymore, it's financially not beneficial if you still have the overhead costs that are created when you just grow with full-time employees. Mm. Yeah. If you would have... Um, um founder of a new startup in front of you and um, he or she would think about getting a new nice posh office in Berlin Center or Silicon Valley, whatever, what, what would you tell them? Don't do that. <laughs> I would <laughs> tell them really, just calculate how much value this office brings to your organization. And if you are, I mean, you can create any story to your office, like it's so valuable for us because etc. But it's a non-productive asset. It's just a cost. Now, okay, that might be a tool. That, uh, the office might be a tool for communication. It's nothing else. It's just a tool for communication because you bring people together. And then this fosters, this environment fosters constant communication. Now, if you don't have an office, you need to have other tools that allow you and enab enable you to communicate remotely, which is then like tools Okay, it can be Google Meets or Teams or Slack or whatever you want to use. But this is so much cheaper than having a full office for all people that, and it's more flexible. So I would really bet on flexibility instead of the old school business setup with just full-time employees because I need to control people in a local office because we need to meet at a water cooler. These are just old belief sets because the whole world experience that it also works differently and it's much more flexible, and that's what the economy and also employees demand. So I would really advise on thinking 10 times if you really want to get an office or not. On the other side, what could uh, do uh, what, what could do an established organization that feels now the urge to adapt to this new world of work and, and, mm -hmm. and but is not sure really how how we could uh, how they could do that. They did the biggest step, right? They tested it. They saw it works. I'm not saying it's perfect, but they saw it. They, they saw that things they always believed it doesn't work now work. So mm. that is one thing where you should really reflect on your belief system. And the other thing is that if you continue going this way, you already took the biggest hurdle. And now, yeah, I mean... It all starts with a plan from the management team, right? They need to, or they need to involve their, their um, operations team and create a plan how this organization could look in the future to be able to compete 
on a global scale because now everyone is working globally and we are in a global economy. So I think now everyone is competing globally. And that is a benefit. It's an advantage if you want to play that game and if you have the flexibility and if you have the technology that increases your efficiency. But if you restrict, I doubt that you will have a fruitful future. Okay. Manuel, thank you very much for your time and answers uh, on, on these uh, questions. Um, I have one thing. Yeah, one sure. thing about Go tools, on. because the one thing that people always ask me is, Manuel, which tools do you use? Mm. And that's totally the wrong question, because, you know, didn't we have a podcast for tools already? We no, should we do should that do. otherwise. We should, okay. we should do one. <laughs> so the main thing is that it's so easy or it seems so easy for people that oh, there's a tool will solve all my problems. At least that's the hope. I had this hope in the past. I ended up with 123 tools. That's no, totally crazy. No. Because whenever you have a problem, you try to find another tool. That's like having a relationship. Whenever you have a problem, you find another partner. That's not sustainable, right? You will not grow in that if you change things all the time. And a tool doesn't solve your problem if you are doing the wrong things. A tool just helps you make this more efficiently. That means... You do the wrong things faster and more efficiently. This will just produce more crap faster. So being really aware of the use case, what you want to do with this tool or even without a tool, but being aware of the use case and then find a tool that fits this use case, that is the right, that's the right direction. Vice versa will just create high complexity with a mess and a slew of tools and won't get you more productivity. So that's that's my four cents you might want to take away from from this podcast that you start with the use case and then select the tool instead of vice versa. Okay, great. Then uh, let's catch up maybe next time on the tool side more uh, uh, on a deeper level and um, see you next week on our next Q&A session. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you found this session helpful. Head back to our in-depth blog article on living an independent life. What did we miss in our conversation today? How could we do possibly better? Let us know in the comments and reviews below. We are eager to engage. And before you leave, hit the subscribe button, give a thumb up and share the session around with your friends and colleagues. Sign up for the free business builder training on flashhub.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time, work with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. So until the next episode, keep exploring new frontiers.